morning, bitches, and welcome to Wellness For Real. It's your girl, Marlena, and this week, Felicia and I chat with plus-size yoga instructor and YouTuber, Eden. You can find Eden on all social media platforms at Eden Loves Life. That's Eden with a Y, E-D-Y-N. She brings her amazing energy to this episode and talks about so much great stuff. So I hope you guys are ready. Buckle up because it's about to get real. Let's hop right into it. Today we have Eden with us. Okay, Eden loves life. How are you today? I'm doing great from sunny Austin, Texas. Ooh, we jelly. We're here in <laughs> gloomy, cold Minnesota. It is gloomy. <laughs> Ooh. We get we get those nice days every once in a while, though. You appreciate yeah. them a little bit more when they're more scarce. But you're originally I from do. Colorado, so you know about that. Oh, yeah. Um, I don't think I would survive a Colorado winter now. Well, <laughs> Texas had that winter storm, so I got a, a little taste of what <laughs> my past life was like. But I'm okay with the 81 degree May 5th. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That sounds amazing. So for anybody who doesn't know Eden, do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah. Um, well, my name is Eden. I am a plus size yoga instructor and YouTuber in Austin, Texas. So that's me kind of in a nutshell. I'm sure we'll elaborate more. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, both Felicia and I are like obsessed with your yoga. Um, you are like... I did it today, this morning. Yes. So we just want to know a little bit more about like how you fell in love with yoga and how you became an instructor. Like, how did that happen for you? Yeah. So I started practicing yoga, I guess back in 2013, a friend had invited me to a yoga studio called Black Swan, which is where I ended up getting certified. Um, Prior to that, I had only done gym yoga a couple of times, which is a little bit different than the yoga studio sweaty experience that you get. And I just loved the calm that it brought because I have such a like chaotic life and brain. And I felt like it was really teaching me lessons when I was there that I was carrying over into my time off of the mat. But at the same time, I was a little bit discouraged because there was like very little body representation. And the only modifications that were really offered to me hindered my practice. And I felt like, why is child's pose the modification for this? It's not making me any stronger and it's not helping me progress in my practice. Um, So I had turned to YouTube, didn't see much at the time, Um, started searching hashtags on Instagram and finally, you know, came upon some amazing yogis. But even within that, I felt like it was all super beginner friendly. And I like a challenge. I grew up super athletic. I was a competitive cheerleader. So I just wanted a little bit more. So I decided to go ahead and get certified because, you know, if you don't see the representation that you want, sometimes you have to be that. So that's when I ended up getting certified in 2018, which was, you know, a long time after I started practicing. But I think that's good um, not to just jump into something right away to take the time to practice and progress so that you have more to offer um, when you do finally come to that decision to get certified. So I've been certified since 2018. Prior to COVID, I was travel teaching in LA 
usually every quarter doing different workshops for people with bigger bodies so that they could find the modifications that work for them in a really safe space so that when they stepped into their yoga studios, they could complete a practice super confident because a lot of the time you don't have the privilege of walking into a yoga studio where you're going to be seen by the instructor. And um, the studio that I teach at in Los Angeles is called Everybody Los Angeles. So it's very size, gender, inclusive and those gyms don't exist around the country. So I just wanted to equip people with the tools that they would need to walk into a run of the mill gym and get what they needed out of their practice. Wow. Yeah, amazing. that's amazing. <laughs> that is amazing. Um, actually, re- uh, last night I was watching your YouTube video, which you have a very extensive YouTube channel. So definitely check <laughs> out Eden on YouTube. Uh, but I was watching your YouTube video from when you got certified. And um, it was like, you got a little emotional and it was just like so beautiful to see that. Um, And you talked about how, um, you know, it was the first time you had felt pride in yourself in a long time. So since then, like what has happened since then for you? Um, Like since getting certified? Yeah. Um, Well, obviously um, the teaching workshops was an amazing thing. I'm really thankful to everybody because they were the first place that I ever taught. And um, it's a totally different challenge being a plus size fitness instructor, because even though you can go through the programs and get certified, people don't really take you seriously because you're fat. (laughs) Like they think that you can't have any kind of knowledge because you're big. So um, I'm really thankful to the studios that have embraced me. And Then I started teaching on YouTube after COVID, which was really, really awesome. Um, I know a lot of my friends shifted to online and I'm glad that they were able to do that and make money, but I felt like it was such a trying time in the country that I really wanted my practice to be free and accessible to everyone because wellness is so expensive and inflated, especially in the fitness space. Like even doing $10 drop-ins like once a week, that's a lot of money per month if you want to do other kind of fitness as well. So I'm really, really thankful for my YouTube channel and the reach and being, um, it was mentioned on, I think, Healthline for top 10 yoga instructors on YouTube and in L Australia for top YouTube yoga instructors too. So I'm just really thankful for those opportunities to like show up for people with non-traditional bodies in the wellness space. Yeah, that's amazing. Felicia was actually talking about how much your yoga has helped her because you know she's a little bit older you want to talk about that Felicia yeah I mean I'm a little bit older and so for me I found it challenging to find something that would sort of help me work my way into to learning the poses a little bit more so maybe taking some of those same adjustments not because of so much my body size but because I have a few limitations just to kind of but I wanted to progress um and I find that hard to to find um so I felt like your yoga allowed me to do that and I'm also in my feet up stool too doing that <laughs> like you know so it's just allowed me to embrace that a little bit more because I feel like there's lots of yoga people to choose from. Um, and I found that really challenging, um, to find something that I could follow. Like you said, I was just sitting in this pose for a while (laughs) till they were done, you know what I mean? To kind of get through it. So, and I also like the fact that like I did your, I think it was, you have a wake up and a wind down. It's like 11 minutes or something. Yeah. And I like the fact that you even have things like that on there that are a little bit shorter. Like, so for me, when I'm doing a different workout, I really do like to start my day or even end it sometimes with yoga and to not have to do something that's 30 or 40 minutes. I really appreciate that as well. Oh, 
Oh, that's so awesome to hear. I definitely wish that I taught more on YouTube, but I am certainly like an influence. Oh God, why did I say that? A YouTuber first. (laughs) (laughs) A love-hate relationship with that word. A YouTuber first, because I've been sharing my life online for so long um, that sometimes my yoga teaching kind of takes a backseat. I wish I put more things online, but just know that when I do put things up, it's really from the heart. And it's really because I feel called and like that flow is going to be special. Um, I have this thing about yoga. Um, I know a lot of people teach weekly and I was too. I was teaching weekly in studio here in Austin before the pandemic, but I feel like it kind of uh, stifles your creativity a little bit to have to be forced to think of a new flow every single week. So I do kind of like it being on my own terms online now. It's great though. Yeah, you can definitely feel that in your YouTube videos. Like I find myself getting emotional when I uh, do your yoga videos. Like it's a completely different experience than because I had done a lot of yoga on YouTube with other people and like really well-named people. And um, it was almost like just going through the motions and like, I don't know, finding your practice just like really changed my perspective on yoga so i really appreciate you so much it feels um, from the heart from you it feels yes, like you the can whole feel experience it. is you it's really different yeah so kudos to you yes Thank and if you you've know. never tried yoga eden is the place to start for sure yeah yeah uh so you also have a podcast do you have two podcasts i used to have two podcasts okay uh, now i just have one okay <laughs> Um, I have the Garden of Eden podcast, which is on a hiatus. I've had it for like six years. So I'm just trying to figure out what to do with it now. Um, And then I used to have the Vegan Chub Club when I was vegan because I'm a stickler for representation within (laughs) movements. And there were not a lot of big bodies in veganism either. So I made a spot for us to hang out too. So the Vegan Chub Club ran for four seasons, uh, three with me and Joelle, no, five seasons, and then two with my friend Miranda. And now we've just archived it because we were all a little bit, well, I'm not vegan anymore. <laughs> I was vegan for <laughs> close to seven years. So it didn't really make sense for me to be on it, but um, loved that podcast and loved um, all of the body positivity that we spoke into the vegan movement at that time too. That's amazing. So what made you transition out of veganism? Um. Oof, that's a big, <laughs> big one. <laughs> I, it just wasn't working for me any longer. And I think people have to kind of be okay with, in life, sometimes things work for you and sometimes they don't. And it worked for me for a long time and I loved it and I was healthy and happy. Um, but I was starting to have a lot of reoccurring injuries like um, in my ankles and stuff that weren't healing. Um, and I was having a little bit of problems with my memory, which could be partially like my ADHD, um, but I was noticing it more. And also I started getting severe gut health issues, like to the point where, you know, how you blow after you eat, but the gas would swell up so much under my ribs that like, I couldn't stand up straight. Like it was debilitating pain. Yeah. And I was gaining weight super rapidly. Like, um, I had lost 120 pounds prior to going vegan. And um, I mean, it's not all veganism. It was my metabolism was wrecked from that weight loss journey. Um, There was also an underlying soy allergy that I was unaware of and some other food intolerances um, that my doctor was like, yeah, if you're eating something you're allergic to every day, like I was eating tofu every day, 
Mm. Um, that can cause rapid weight gain when your body's in a constant state of allergic reaction. So um, once I figured out I was allergic to soy and cut out soy and my gut health was getting worse, I went to a dietitian. We did an elimination diet, figured out what was causing things and what, in what quantities um, it was causing discomfort. That took about eight months. And then after that, I lost like 30 pounds, like immediately. <laughs> and I was, was not eating very different and I wasn't eating very different portion sizes either. So I think it was just like my body, like finally getting some relief. And wow. yeah, so that's why I transitioned from being vegan. I'm sure there are other things that I can't think of right now. I feel like when you go through traumatic experiences, you kind of block it all out for a while. And this isn't saying that um, veganism isn't healthy. It's incredibly healthy. It's a great way to live. It's an ethical way to live. And kudos to all of my vegans out there, but just realize that all bodies are complex and individual. So yeah, absolutely. Um, so are you um, vegetarian now or what, what does your diet look like now? I wanted more than anything to be vegetarian because I grew up vegetarian and pescatarian um, just because I was a sensitive little being. Um, but during my elimination diet, I couldn't eat beans. Um, and since I couldn't eat beans or pea protein because they're all high FODMAP is what it's called. Not a lot of people are familiar with FODMAPs, but it kind of uh, ferments in your intestine versus digesting. Um, so I couldn't eat very many plant-based versions of protein at all. Yeah. So I went back to pescatarian initially. Now I'll eat um, chicken or turkey. Occasionally, I rarely cook it at home. Usually when I'm out and about with my boyfriend or my family, I'll eat it out at restaurants, but I'm primarily pescatarian. I mean, I drink collagen every day, so I'm timid to use any food labels at all. Sure. But from like, yeah. <laughs> you from do that in your beauty tea, right? Exactly. You, it, love it. Okay. I need to know about this beauty tea because um, I'm going to make it. But you have an, another supplement in there that you use. And I, yeah. Uh, what, what is that? So you don't have to use that. That's just what I use. It's called inositol. A lot it of it has good properties. I was reading amazing about it. properties. A lot of people with PCOS use it. Um, I'm not a doctor. Disclaimer. <laughs> a lot of people <laughs> use it instead of metformin um, if they have PCOS. I do not have PCOS. It's one of those um, symptoms. Well, what is it called? Like it's not a disease, but. Um, it's overdiagnosed and underdiagnosed at the same time. So my doctors are very like timid about diagnosing me with things that they're not 100% sure, but I actually use it for my ADHD. Because it's I, good for anxiety. I mean, I can't sleep half the time. Mm -hmm. I'm, and I thought I was reading about it because it's a supplement from now, like, yeah, which I love that brand. Yeah, I love them. And I was just reading, reading all the reviews and they were, there's thousands of them. And I thought I mm -hmm. need to make this tea. It's good for cellular function. It's good for your neurotransmitter communication in your brain. It's great for insulin resistance. If you have issues with that, which a lot of people that are overweight do um, have some hormonal issues that are tied into that. So it's a pretty harmless supplement. So there's nothing like really wrong with trying it. I just always caution people, you know, check with a doctor before adding anything, but I do use it. It helps me focus a ton. It's just an amino acid complex. So I add that in and then collagen and then a tea, usually a fruit tea, so that I'm getting a little extra antioxidants and their beauty water was it's born. In my Amazon <laughs> deal. I just yeah, looking at that really tea. Good. It looked good. Looks really good. Yeah. 
it's a little beauty water cult we have everyone's drinking it (laughs) so do you drink that like daily or yeah every day um lately I haven't been um because I got the chocolate collagen Mm -hmm. so I've been mixing the chocolate collagen into yogurt and still putting the inositol yes it's very good (laughs) is it really I have the regular collagen I usually put it in my green juice the stuff that you use that's just like unflavored yeah um the chocolate's so good like in hot stuff it tastes like hot chocolate in cold it tastes like chocolate milk so now i've been doing like a beauty milk and so well i use that mm, milk i'm gonna try that collagen. it's so good um, you can good. only get it at costco currently but if you have a friend with a costco membership, i've got a membership that i don't oh use. i do too felicia we gotta um, meet oh, at yeah. costco real yes. soon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's so good so i'll get the pole I, and we'll get the collagen yes <laughs> collagen every I love day it. i feel like it's so good for you it helps with my gut health so much. Um, collagen was one of the things that I incorporated first with animal products um, and casein protein as well. That's what kind of helped with my ankle issues. But collagen is so good for like your joints and everything. I just love it. I, I need to try it again. I tried it once, I think like at the beginning of my weight loss journey, because everybody does that, right? They just like scoop it in their coffee. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I, I wanted to try it mostly for the the joint health because I get a lot right. of joint pain. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't really notice a difference, but I ordered it on Amazon. So who knows if it was even collagen. <laughs> right. Yeah, I use the same brand that you that I saw that you have. And I just I make a green juice every morning and I just I add it into my green juice. So it adds Smart. a little protein and I, I just add some extra water so it's not super thick and it doesn't yeah. have a taste and yeah. I'm good to go. <laughs> so, so do you know if the temperature matters, the, the liquid doesn't. that you added to? Okay. For a while, um, I had seen some like different rumblings and articles and stuff, but Vital Proteins did a really good job of kind of debunking all of those myths about if it should be in hot or cold and they have it all on their blog and I feel like they're a trusted enough source. <laughs> so I go Definitely. between the hot and the cold. I don't feel like it. I still feel like it significantly helps my joints regardless of if I use it in hot or cold. That's good all right. Know. Sold. I'm going to have to, all right. Felicia, we're going to Costco <laughs> on a weekday. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. Um, so uh, like I was saying, you, so you've had your YouTube channel for like such a long time. Um, how, how far back do your videos go? Like how long have you they, been doing I, the YouTube thing? Ooh, I've been doing YouTube since I think 2009, I think it was 2008, but Twitter says 2009. Um, <laughs> I think I had my YouTube channel before Twitter, but um, there are posts going back to 2009 of me posting like four times a week. So we'll go with that. Um, my current channel, I think only goes back to 2012. Um, but that's because I switched channels at some point and I removed my old channel because of copyright strikes. I used to sing covers and, um, YouTube wasn't advanced as it is as advanced as it is now with copyright law. So I had strikes on my channel, so I didn't end up moving channels. I gotcha. Um, so right now on your, (laughs) so right now on your YouTube, you're documenting, um, part of your YouTube is you're documenting your body positive weight loss journey. Do you want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah. Um, so I'm what I like to call old fat. Um, 
I've been fat since I was born. I feel like a lot of people get fat later in life, which is kind of a different experience than growing up fat and being fat your entire life. Yeah. Um, and even within that, there can be very different experiences. Um, like I said, I was a competitive cheerleader. I was probably 250 in high school and tumbling and jumping. So I've always been like super confident. But after high school, not doing like two a day and three a day workouts, I did gain some weight and, you know, the relationship love weight <laughs> as well. Oh, um, yeah. So I decided that I was going to lose weight. I guess this is going way back in my wellness journey. <clears throat> and I lost 120 pounds in like seven months, which oh, wow. was incredibly unhealthy. Yeah. Um, like seven years ago, I was working out like three to four hours a day and I was tracking calories in my fitness pal. And I actually still have it all up on my Instagram. If you scroll like all the way back, there's a lot of posts, but if you scroll all the way back, there's like post of me being excited about burning more calories than I ate. Like, wow, super disordered. And the craziest thing where people were applauding me for that bullshit, (laughs) like they will praise you up and down as long as you are getting thin. Yes. And I remember um, one Saturday, my parents were proud of me, but they weren't really like super aware of how much I was working out. Um, I was eating a decent amount of calories, but I was burning so many calories. So I took my dad to the gym with me one morning and we did a spin class and a pump class back to back. And I was doing that in the morning. I'd do two classes back to back. And then after work, I'd do two classes back to back. So like four hours of group fitness every day. And I took my dad that morning. And then he was like, are you doing this every day? And I'm like, well, yeah, just in the morning. And then after I'll jump on the Stairmaster until my next class in the evening starts. And then I'll do two more. And he's like, that's insane. Like, I'm dying after those two classes like that. That's not okay. So him and my mom had like this sit down intervention (laughs) style combo with me, like black parents aren't like the most sensitive in these kinds of cases. They're like, what the hell do you think you're doing? You're gonna die and right to the point. I exactly. <laughs> I haven't paid the insurance, so you better calm the hell down. So <laughs> that was uh, my intervention from my <laughs> Hey, but at uh, least they intervened, right? Well, exactly. Lots of there are lots of situations where parents would not do that. In fact, they would be okay with it. Yeah. Yeah. So. And um Also, my doctor at some point, I was having abnormal pap smears and I was having to go in every other month uh, for like to go in and get it checked. And between the months, I had lost like 40 pounds. And she's like, you're losing weight really quickly. Are you okay? And I'm like, yeah, I went vegan and I'm just, I love working out and like (laughs) classic like denial. Um, And it was just so crazy. Like my heart rate would finally drop at the middle of the night like after my last fitness class and I would just be so cold and like my teeth would be chattering and I wasn't able to like regulate my body temperature anymore, which if you've read the obesity code is like one of the studies that he talks about where people go into like a starvation diet, not starvation mode, but a starvation diet where you're either burning more than you're eating or your deficit is too low. Like that's a common symptom. 
So I was just kind of, it all kind of fell in line really well. Like I had plateaued after that because I wasn't eating shit. So my body was like, what else do we have to give? And I was talking to one of my favorite trainers, Shannon, and I was like, I'm not losing weight anymore. I'm going to this many classes. And she's like, well, maybe your body just needs a break. Like take, don't come to the gym for like three weeks, like, and just eat normal and maybe things will equal out. And in those three weeks, I don't know, like what switched in my brain or like what happened in my atmosphere. <laughs> I think I must have come along some posts in Instagram of more body positive girls. And I was just like, why am I even doing this? Like I was happy before. This is stupid. I feel like shit. My body's sore all the time. Um, later on, I figured out like after seeking help for from a therapist for what I thought was like an eating disorder, disordered eating, um, that treatment didn't work for me, by the way, because it was not like a traditional eating disorder. It was a symptom of my ADHD. I was chasing dopamine. And when you're lacking dopamine in the brain, either binge eating is super common or hyper food fixation, like eating the same thing over and over or working out a lot is super common because it gives you the dopamine push that you're looking for. So I found that out later, like years and years later, that that's why I was like, so excited to work out all the time is because my brain was just lacking the dopamine that it needed. Um, but I had just kind of backed off and decided um, I'm going to work out one hour a day, a couple times a week. I'm going to, I was vegan at the time. I'm just going to eat like healthy foods and work in a little bit of fun things. And of course I started gaining weight because the amount of activity that I was doing like rapidly <laughs> reduced from what I was doing before. And then I just started to, you know, feel so much better and find like commonality with people that like weren't really wanting to lose weight. Um, and around that time, I also read health at every size, which I still greatly believe in, like being able to pursue health, no matter what size you're at, which is what the book is about. But now the <laughs> body positivity movement has gotten a little bit radical with that and made it like anti-weight loss, which that's not what the book was actually I saying. Yeah, <laughs> that's not what the book said at all. I don't think a lot of people have read it. So, um, <laughs> so I, was still I was still pursuing health, but it wasn't focused on weight loss. And it really did improve my mental health so, so much. And you know, that's when I started to fall more in love with yoga and ended up getting certified in yoga. And I feel like I needed like the last five years before I started this version of my weight loss journey to really like unlearn all of the diet culture stuff from all the way back from childhood. Like my grandma's and mom's trying to put me on a diet and all that kind of stuff and get rid of food rules and food guilt and all of that stuff. Um, without all of that happening, I wouldn't have been able to start this version of my weight loss journey. Um, I did, you know, like I said earlier, started to gain weight because of my food intolerances and stuff like that. And of course, I wrecked my metabolism, which if you don't know, you can get this thing called a resting metabolic test and they test your metabolism to see like what you're burning. And mine was like at 1200. So my body was seeing 1200 calories as a surplus. Mm. So I was gaining weight <laughs> all the time. Wow. Um, and, yeah, and was that and from all the dieting? 
that was from the dieting and the, and the exercising. exercising. Yeah. So like when I was vegan, the vegan community can be a little bit phobic. So they were all like, you're doing it wrong. If you're not losing weight. I was eating, you know, 15 to maybe 1800 calories a day, but I was still gaining weight because my body was seeing 1200 as a surplus. So I did end up doing a reverse diet, getting my, red, my metabolic rate higher. Um, so then at some point, once your body levels out, you can drop it again and then start to lose weight. So that's what we did. Like during the process of my whole elimination diet, I was reverse dieting also. And then we were able to drop it so that I was in a place where I could lose weight. And since I had been in the body positive movement for like five or six years and, <laughs> you know, I did lots of body positive videos about how you don't need to equate your worth to your weight and everything like that. A lot of people thought I was anti-weight loss, but I wasn't. I was still saying that I wanted to lose weight at some point. It just wasn't my priority right then. Um, so it caused a little bit of an uproar. People were very upset at me. I got lots of hate notes about how I like, you know, anyhow, you guys can imagine all yeah, of yeah, these. Yeah, I just think it's <laughs> people on the internet. It has to be. Yeah. Yeah. So being the petty bitch I am, I dug out every single <laughs> every single clip in the last five years where I said that I still wanted to lose weight. It just wasn't my priority right then and put it All in right. a compilation together <laughs> yeah. and made a whole video addressing yes. it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> That's why I love you. Well, I, I just think body positivity and wanting to lose weight, they, they don't have to be mutually exclusive. No. You can have both. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. So. Yeah. And yeah, I just, I just want can. Yeah. And I just want to say, Eden, like your story, thank you for sharing all of this with us. Like, I just think it's so amazing everything that you've been through and how you continue to like take control of your health and like put yourself first and prioritize that, um, even through all of that and just continue to advocate for yourself too, because that can be really difficult in medical settings to continue to advocate for yourself and to continue to seek answers, you know, instead of just being told, oh, well, your problems are because of your weight, you know, or whatever. Yeah. Like, I think that that's really amazing. And you, this is why you inspire so many people because <laughs> <laughs> you are just I incredible. Thank you. I mean, there is a good amount of luck in there, like having great practitioners that aren't just going to tell me to eat less and move more that are, would say, okay, let me, let's look at this. Let's think about this. You know, I'm really blessed because I know not all people have that support in healthcare and it's expensive to do all of this stuff. So there is like a little privilege point there, but yeah, it, it's great. And I wouldn't be where I am now. And now, um, you know, I'm still very anti-diet, but I think diet culture and diets are different and that the word diet is over stigmatized. And as much as I like would have considered myself an intuitive eater like five years ago, um, or like the last five years moving into like this weight loss phase, I think that some people just need structure for a while. Like some people just need the structure and that doesn't mean you can't go back to eating more mindfully. And I think it's so different this time around. Like I don't cut anything out. Like, yeah, sure. Sometimes I make choices, but making a choice that's going to benefit your wellness isn't wrong if you feel good about that. So 
definitely anti-diet culture, the complex <laughs> that wants to keep you fat and keep it like collecting your money. Yeah, but like <laughs> two different well, things. And, and you mentioned yes. intuitive eating. Even that has become that a diet with a rules diet and too. people like you even say intuitive <laughs> exactly. eating and people are like, but you can't do that. And you're like, right. it's like, it's you ridiculous. Wait till your hunger scales at a four. You know what <laughs> exactly. I mean? Like, it's just like, <laughs> what? ridiculous. You're so- <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, it's all diet culture like once you just like embrace like this is something that I'm changing can I do this for a lifestyle the answer is yes it's probably not a diet if the answer is no then you're on a diet like that's kind of like the rule there and and that can change yeah that can change too because I know you're a WW member and like when I was Mm -hmm. on WW it very much so felt like a lifestyle but then as I lost my weight and I got to a point where I needed to maintain and I just wanted to like live my life I was like this is no longer sustainable for me I need to like pivot and figure something else out yeah even I feel like it, I don't know maybe like four or five years ago I had made a video about an influencer kind of getting flat because she had started WW and I was like this can be a very healthy lifestyle but I feel like that's true if you have a lot of weight to lose like when you're in the 40s and 30s of points it's super flexible and super healthy but I also said in that video but when you get down to 23 points I don't know like is yeah. that enough food for a person you know <clears throat> so it's, it's not <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> the answer is no. It's so not. even even with that, within that, so yeah, WW works for me now, but that's because right. I have another because eighty-five. It's pounds not to meant lose. to work for right. you forever, or it's not meant yeah. for you to go off of it. It is a business. You know, yeah. But I definitely think it's meant for you to take tips and to learn how to use those in your day-to-day life. Just like Marlena yeah. said, she got the weight off and now she pivoted and probably uses a few things that she learned, some great recipes, a few things here and there oh, yeah. to keep it moving. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and you I think do, that's you do how learn. it works. Yeah. And you do learn a lot. And as someone who went into weight loss, like not knowing anything about nutrition or, um, you know, calories or how to be in a caloric deficit, like it taught me a lot, you know, right. but you, you just yeah. gotta, yeah, take those tools and then and keep it use them. Exactly. <laughs> the reason that um, I chose WW was actually my dietitian's recommendation because I had come from a place of such restrictive tendencies. And I remember like some of my lowest nights leaving the gym and just being so hungry and wanting a banana, but feeling like I couldn't have it because I'd be over my calories. And that's where WW did kind of help me, at least initially going into like, I'm moving out of like eating whatever I want into like this more structured way of eating, like knowing that I could build like a snack plate out of like some smoked salmon and some grapes and like that I could always eat if I was hungry because the zero point foods was very good for my mindset at the time oh. coming from someone that came from a very restrictive past. Um, that was very helpful. So. And nothing's off limits. I mean, you can have anything up. There's nothing is off limits. And I think that's a positive yeah, so thing. So it's it. definitely a good beginning point for people, but like you said, your wellness journey evolves for everyone. It's just like, finding that place where your body's happy and healthy, which may not even be the number that you want to see on the scale. Like your body is kind of going to go where it wants. It might oh, be yeah. 10 pounds up from <laughs> we know where that. you want it to be. It might be 10 pounds down from where you want it to be, but understanding that regardless you have value and you're a badass bitch and like yeah. embracing that over like the number on the scale. 
Yeah, absolutely. Yes. And um, something that I know you've talked about, like in your YouTube videos, is you talk about like not that like not everyone's experience being fat has been like terrible, right? Like you no. talked about how you've been a big girl your whole life and you slayed and you participated in sports and you know, you're mm -hmm. a yoga instructor now. And like, I just feel like with all this fat phobia, it's just like, we constantly have this idea that like, we just all have to be like thin. And it's like, no, like body diversity is a good thing, yeah. right? Like just embrace who you are and love yourself and just be healthy <laughs> and happy. You're more athletic than many, most, okay? Yeah. I got a 19 year old that can't make it up the stairs, okay? Like I'm just telling you without <laughs> gasping. So I'm just saying you're incredibly athletic and I think we need to see that. I mean, Absolutely. I don't know. It's yeah, like my resting heart rate's freaking 40. Like people are always telling me like, big people are not in shape or I'm like, you guys are weird. I don't know where you get this stuff from. And I think it, it like I said, it differs. And I never want to discount anyone's experience. I know some people that have been large since childhood will not have the same experience, but I think I was really lucky to be in sports and, you know, in cheerleading and different club sports, because I think that did shape my experience a lot differently. And even though I did have the typical fat shaming in childhood from like my grandparents and, you know, well-meaning people. Um, my mom was never like that. She always like super empowered me. So I think, you know, it's going to be different for everyone. And I, it really does suck for the people that don't have those parents that are like their biggest fan and tell them that they can do anything, you know? So yeah, I still go to my classes and I still teach classes and I'm still athletic and I remember someone in a Q&A asked, like, what are you going to do when you lose weight and you're no longer a spokesperson for bigger people? And I'm like, I'm always going to care <laughs> about fat people. And who said I want it to be thin? Like, I losing 100 pounds, I'm still going to be visibly plus size. Yeah. And maybe I'll get there and I won't. And I'll want to continue to lose weight. But I'm just taking it in small steps and like caring for my body and making sure that I don't revert back to any of those habits because we all know it can be a slippery slope if you've um, come from a past of any kind of disordered eating or excessive exercise. So I'm just taking it one step at a time and loving my life. Yeah. What a weird question to ask someone about that. Like that's so still like people on the internet never like cease to amaze me. I swear with their like someone, dumbness. I have, yeah. I had someone <laughs> tell me their therapist told them to write me a letter about how much I disappointed them for deciding to lose weight. Stop it. Because they started watching my channel at the end of their eating disorder You're and I gave them so them? much confidence. <laughs> And they just felt so betrayed by me for like, wanting to feel great. Like when I decided to lose weight again, I had just put my little doggy down after 13 years. And Aww. I hadn't really been caring for myself because I just wanted to spend every second with that little chunk. And I was like, I needed, I needed to do something for me. Like, what kind of weird ass therapist that you have that tells you to write letters to people on the internet where you have no idea where their mental health is? Yeah, one absolutely. that should be fired. That's <laughs> like <laughs> you should probably find a new therapist that I mean, helps you work through why you care um, so much oh, about yeah people on the internet that you don't even know like they're holding you responsible for their, so weird. <laughs> their their mental health and happiness. That seems a little strange. Okay. The internet's wonderful and weird all at the same time. <laughs> I I actually heard you mention um I think it was on your Instagram that you have like moderators that like can like delete comment that was you right mm -hmm. so it, for anybody who has like a youtube or anything like how, 
how do you do that? Cause I've never heard that before. Yeah. So it's in the creator studio and I think you just go to comments and you search for the person's name and there's the little ellipses on the side and you can make them a moderator. So I started um, having moderators probably five or six years ago because uh, the comments when I was doing like my vegan, what I eat in days were super vile because people were just really mad at me for being fat and not wanting to lose weight. Like I rate. So um, I had moderators. And so like, if you don't want to lose weight, that's a problem. But if you want to mm-hmm. lose weight, that's a problem. Like, yeah, bitch, just live. <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> so I got moderators. Um, and it was just like people that had been around for a really long time, or that had followed me from my old channel over or that had always left really positive comments. And I asked them and I told them, like, this isn't your job. I'm not asking you to do this. It's just like, if you want to help out, if you're already in the comment sections, leaving a comment, and you see something that like, makes you upset or feels like it throws off the community vibe you get rid of it but it doesn't actually go away um it just goes out of the comment section it goes to a separate folder for me to look through to decide if it's okay or not because I have no problem with someone disagreeing with me I have no problem with someone stating their opinion I do have a problem with people being assholes like yeah. for no reason attacking you and so, being mean. those are yeah terrible. but it's gotten to the point where I never even have to check that folder because I think there's, I just added three new ones before that there are only seven people, but they know me so well that they know I have no problem with someone like respectfully disagreeing. They only delete things that are like actually bitchy and just like vile. <laughs> so yeah. And it, it it's so nice because it keeps the community so positive and like it makes it so that other people want to comment without like the fear of getting attacked by someone that doesn't like me or, you know, whatever. And I know that there's freedom of speech, but it's my channel. So I get to do what Mm -hmm. I want. So if I want to have moderators, I will. And it was one of the best decisions I ever made because I can't go through all of the comments all of the time. So having people that are already down there just really helps out. That's cool. Yeah. That's really amazing. Cause those negative comments, like even if they don't really affect you, they might affect someone else, right. Who Mm -hmm. is um, a part of your community. So um, you've mentioned, you've mentioned a few times that you have ADHD. um, And I feel like that's one of those um, like, I don't know, people talk about ADHD, but not like in a real way. Um, Like people kind of use it. I know we talked about this on our episode with Raven, like verbiage and terminology and using like diagnosis, but like verbalizing them in incorrect ways. So I was just hoping that you could just give us a little bit um, of information, I guess, about your ADHD diagnosis. Like what is that? How does that affect you? And like, what does that look like for you? Yeah. So ADHD is like, to me, kind of like binge eating how when people say, oh, I binged and it's like, no, you just ate more than you would have liked to. Yes, you, exactly. you didn't binge. Um, it's the same thing with ADHD. People are like, oh, I'm so ADHD. And I'm like, if you were ADHD, you would know. <laughs> and it it's not fun and quirky and cute. So um, I didn't get diagnosed with ADHD until I was 30. I'm almost 33. It um, shows a lot different in women than it does in men. So a lot of women go undiagnosed. And it's, it's difficult because you have a lot of different issues like executive dysfunction, really wanting to do stuff, but feeling like you're kind of paralyzed in space, like you're just sitting there thinking of all the things you have to do and you want to do them, 
but like you really physically can't. And then it's accompanied by like times of hyper-focus, which really has come, I guess, been to my advantage being someone who's self-employed. Like I can hope hyper-focus on video editing for hours and hours and hours, like to the point where I forget to like get up and go to the bathroom or eat or whatever. <laughs> I just like hyper-focus on it, which is great. But then there are the things that I don't want to do, like answer emails, like I'll think about answering emails forever. And it just seems like such a daunting task that I won't get around to doing it. So now I've learned you should probably hire someone to help with emails because <laughs> then they'll get answered and they can verbalize it to you. And then you're still in the loop. So it's like that kind of thing. And then uh, things like losing things in plain sight, like looking over your counter like 15 times for your keys and not seeing your keys. It's called object permanence. And then like by the 16th time your keys are there and you've looked over that same spot a ton of times. Um, procrastinating and then cramming in all of the work at the last second because that, that cramming gives you the dopamine rush that you want. Interesting. Um, yeah. So it's, and like I said earlier, like binge eating is common for people because you get that dopamine from being really full or eating what you want. Um, eating the same thing over and over. Like I remember earlier this year, all I wanted to eat was an English muffin with an egg and cheese on it. And I ate it every day for like two months and I haven't had one since. You'll go through phases like that. Right. It's yeah. like, there's so many little symptoms. I couldn't even, I can't even think of them all. Um, but it's, it's crazy. But I think that I hate the name of it being ADHD because it's not really a deficit. It's just a trait. And I feel like in, like in other countries, they call it VAST, which is variable, variable attention stimulus trait. So you pay a lot of attention to things that stimulate you. But that's just not, it doesn't work in America, which like is another tangent I could go on. But like in America, they raise you up to go to school for eight hours, do the things you like after work. Then after that, you go to college, do the things you like after college, and then you go to work, and then you do the things you like after work. ADHD doesn't, ADHD doesn't fit into that box. So a lot of creatives are usually have ADHD and end up building their own careers where they can work on their own hours in the middle of the night or whenever they're most buzzed. It just doesn't fit into the box. So America likes to call it a deficit. I, so many things I wish we could change I about know. the way we, <laughs> we view everything in this country, but, um, wow, that's so interesting. And I've never Very. heard it referred to as a trait. And that for me just makes so much more sense. And I feel like would just make it easier to, for people to just like accept it and go, oh, okay, and now understand I understand it. you better. So I can better help you and you can better help me. And and it shows up yeah. differently, like you said, in women and men and even because I think when people think of it, they think of children a lot, like how it shows mm -hmm. up in children and they associate that and think that's how it shows up in adults. And it's very different. So thank you for sharing that. Yeah, wow. a lot of people, they think just hyperactive, like bouncing off the walls, but it's not like that at all. It's a lot different. So the diagnosis process, um, was that pretty, was that a pretty long, extensive process for you? Um, it wasn't for me. And 
there's so much out there about how to get diagnosed. And a lot of people are like, you have to be diagnosed by a psychiatrist. I wasn't. Um, it's so different from person to person. I was diagnosed by a therapist that then did, I don't know exactly what the thing is. They talked to my doctor and had my doctor prescribe Adderall. But then if you go through a psychiatrist, psychiatrists can prescribe on their own. So it's going to look different. Some therapists will refer you to a psychiatrist. Um, so I went to a therapist. She talked to my doctor. My doctor prescribed me Adderall. Um, first, I was misdiagnosed with depression. And I knew I wasn't depressed. And like antidepressants target a whole different part of the brain. So they don't work for people with ADHD. Um, I was prescribed Adderall. I hated the way that it made me feel. And it, I mean, Adderall dependency is like a real thing. And I just uh, was super uncomfortable yeah. with the feeling of being on Adderall my whole life. Like it did quiet my mind. I'm a person that has an internal script. So my brain's like talking all the time. Like when I'm driving, there's something happening. I'm thinking of a story or saying what I'm going to say in my next YouTube video. Like I didn't know that people had quiet minds, like where there were just times where they weren't hearing or thinking anything. Yeah, like, I can't, I can't relate to that. Uh, me neither. <laughs> I, was, I can't. <laughs> people don't hear stuff all the time. Um, and the first time I took Adderall, like I didn't hear anything. Like I was just sitting and there was nothing. And that was weird for me. I felt kind of not like myself. So then I did talk to my therapist. We did a lot of research on different vitamins and vitamin um, potencies I could take in different vitamins I could mix. Um, and then we came up with like my perfect mix, which is, you know, the inositol with L-tyrosine in the morning and then 5-HTP at night. And that's worked really well for me. Sometimes I take a SAM-E in the middle of the day if I'm having a real struggle bus day where I can't seem to get anything done. Um, but I do tend to fall towards the alt-med side of things. I'm not anti-vax, but um, I'm <laughs> definitely... Um, try to go natural when I can. So yeah. that's how I got my diet. Adderall is a therapy. serious, I mean that you're right. It's, and it's a serious drug. I mean, yeah. it, it really is. So good yeah, for you I to find something. That. Um, <laughs> that's good for you that you found something that works. That isn't that, I mean, an alternative. Mm -hmm. I've not heard of that before. So that's pretty, what a great doctor you have. <laughs> <laughs> yes. If only everybody could have that. Yeah you know, support, um, out of the medical That's field. That's hard but, to find. Yeah. But you just, you know, if you don't feel like you're receiving that support, then find a new doctor and, and keep trying until you, you find the right one. Cause it's very important. Um, yeah, well, you just have to be persistent. Like if they say no, like, well, I pulled up this, can you at least read this and tell me what you think about it? Well, I heard this worked for someone else. Will you take a look at it? If no, do you have someone you can refer me to that might take a look at what I'm saying? You know, so it's your body. You get to decide. Yes, absolutely. Uh, this has been such a fun conversation. Really Eden. I know both Felicia and I have really been looking forward to this. Um, so what is coming up next for you? First, want to know that. Oh, just more of the same, I suppose. I'm always living on YouTube and showing everything that's happening in my pretty boring life <laughs> um 
now that things are starting to look up with, uh, you know, Shmovid and the pandemic Lovato, <laughs> <laughs> um, hopefully I'll be back to teaching, you know, in LA, like that's definitely my heart home. And I love that community out there. So I'm hoping to get back to teaching and hopefully being able to go to the in-person feet up certification class to be a certified feet up teacher next year. So that's yeah. Do you, do you want to talk on. about the feet up? Because, um, inversion yoga has like changed everybody's life in my house. Once we got a chair. <laughs> um, I don't share my chair. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> you're like, it's all mine. I am. Like, it it's is, not a toy. It's, it's not so a toy. Fun. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, it's amazing. Um, just getting that blood flowing the opposite way gives you so much like joy and clarity. I'm someone I can do traditional inversions. I can do shoulder stands and, but I am really like my goal with yoga isn't to be flashy. Um, I go to a chiropractor all the time and he's like, kind of, he's a yoga instructor too. And I mean, I have a couple different people in the practice that I see, but they're really kind of against inversions as you age, but the feet up's really a safe way to get the benefits of inversion and build core strength without injuring a rotator cuff, which is like so common when people kick up into shoulder stands and flip backwards. And I just think it's so safe and so accessible for so many people. And of course there's so many different uses for the stools too. So they're just like a great prop to have around. Totally. I use mine in every stretching the stretch, routine that yep, I do. Yeah. I love it. Mm-hmm. And I do have a little bit of a shoulder issue. So it's way more gentle for me to do inversions that way. And just learning all Absolutely. the positive things that inversions do for your health. That was something that I wasn't aware of. So yeah. I've been really enjoying, but I'm still scared a little bit to do stuff. Okay. I kind of sit in this little crouch position for a while. Like, <laughs> was, yeah, when you first slowly, got it, she's like slow. propping it against the wall. I mean, like, you don't scared. need to do all that. <laughs> I mean, so, I mean, I am a little nervous, but you know, I've been working my way up. I'm up now, but it took me a while. I just was like, I'm not going to be in a hurry because I was a little nervous that I'd flip over. I'm nervous too, because I, I, you know, I've had a tumbling accident. So I have a little bit of a mental block uh, with falling. So I'm nervous too. And it, the feet up just for anyone plus size listening, it is a little bit more difficult when you're plus size to hoist all that weight up there. Um, but you can still do it. It's just more difficult. And you really have to work on the positioning of getting your thighs close to your torso, which can be difficult if you have a belly in the middle. So which is a lot of the part of why I want to get certified because I don't see that being taught. <laughs> so yeah, but it's it's amazing. And yes, use a wall for a while to get comfortable. It took me a year to get off of the wall because I was just scared poopless, but now I'm not. <laughs> I moved to the couch. Okay. So now the couch is in front of it a little bit. So just in case so I have moved off the wall. <laughs> yeah. I feel like a feet up pimp, but you know, I just want everyone to get their safe inversion. It's nice. I like, I mean, I got nice. something else on the internet and I ended up returning it and I bought the feet up cause it was just a lot more sturdy and a much nicer. Yeah, it's great. And they have great customer service. One of mine warped a little bit and they replaced it. And now I have two. So. Oh, yes, <laughs> we, we love good customer service. I know. Always. <laughs> so Eden, why don't you plug all the places people can find you? And of course, it'll all be in the description of this episode as well. You can find me on Instagram at Eden Loves Life. You can find me on YouTube also at Eden Loves Life. 
Twitter, Eden Loves Life. I'm usually only on there when I want to rage out. And um, <laughs> now I might have to make a Twitter just to follow you on Twitter. <laughs> if you're vegan and looking for vegan body positivity, Vegan Chub Club is archived. So you can find that on Apple, Spotify, and the Garden of Eden podcast is also on Apple, Spotify, Podbean, Google Podcasts, all of those places. Awesome. And then you also have a website as well, correct? I do. Um, it's gardenofeden.co. Perfect. And you offer um, classes, um, like personal yoga classes. I do. Um, I mean, it's been kind of sparse during COVID, but I was doing a lot of bachelorette parties the morning after your drunken wildness come and soothe you all, give you some shavasana love and rub your little toes. It's like my favorite part of being a yoga teacher, getting to like give people a little mini massages at the end of their yoga practice. I can't wait to get back to in-person classes, but I do Skype lessons if you need like one-on-one stuff and all of mine are designed to be short-term so that you learn what you need to learn and then you go into class because I feel like the magic of an in-person yoga class is really what I fell in love with. So I just want you to learn those tools and then to get out there and like conquer the world. Yes. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining us, Eden. This is awesome. It's a pleasure. Thank you for inviting me. This is really great. You're welcome back (laughs) anytime. Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. And if you did, please leave us a review. We greatly appreciate that. And we'll see you bitches next Monday. Bye.